You're listening to the Arisha Wisdom Podcast, Session 7. Welcome to the Arisha Wisdom Podcast, where positivity and spirituality create an enhanced life's journey with the wisdom of Ifa and Arisha. I am your host, Iya Omileti Olubumi. Welcome to another episode of the Arisha Wisdom Podcast. I have been dancing around the idea of this episode for a while, so this will be a special one. I call it The Trouble with Color. This episode is all about Ifa, Orisha, or ATR, African Traditional religions that are only for you place the name of your race here. With that, let's go right in. I've met folks who say that these traditions is just for Blacks, African Americans, African descendants, Latinos. Of course, I've never met anyone who said that this is just for white people or for anyone who's light-skinned for that matter. I know of spiritual houses that will not accept anyone who is not melanated or from a certain race. So if they are a Latino house, they will not accept an African-American or somebody from African descent. Even if they're dark-skinned, they have to be Latino. I also know of African-American houses who will not accept into their egg bay anyone who is white. I also know of African-American houses who will only initiate a Black person. Before you begin to attack me, I'm hiding under a pillow right now. Let me just say a few things. I understand that much healing needs to happen because of the tragic history that humankind has inflicted on each other. Before I delve into, quote-unquote, the white situation, let's go back on history for a bit. In pretty much every part of the earth, slavery was happening for many thousands of years before the Middle Passage. Asians were doing it to other Asians. Indians, and no matter what Indians we're talking about, were doing it to other Indians. Africans, they were enslaving each other. They were conquering new lands. They were taking people's wives, killing their husbands, taking their children as slaves. Other horrific things that have happened before the white situation rolled in. We have to keep in mind that slavery is not a race or a color thing. It is a mentality. I am better than you. I rule you now. You must obey me. That has nothing to do with my color of the skin. I do understand, however, that when whites enslaved other races, it not only became known because of the use of cameras, the writing of books, I 
pictures. There were so many types of media that now showed what was going on. And it is also pretty known of the cruelty that Africans and Indians went into at the hands of whites and Europeans. I get it. I get it. And I do not ever want to minimize that fact. So why make this episode? Because we are in the here and now, and we have a chance to make a huge impact on the world. And we are stuck on the, your great, great, great grandpa did this to us when we could be making this world a better place instead of focusing on that race issue. So if you're shaking your head and saying, no, 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 just give me a few more and see if anything that I have to say makes sense. When we judge others by our view on color, it changes how we react to things. And instead of making a better decision, we botch it up. Ifa says that we all come from one. Now that's coming from the highest odu in our belief system. Let's say our Bible. And it's true. Here's something for you. I love watching ancestry videos when the whitest, whitest of white person will say, I am pure and I am just so pure that I'm going to prove it. And then they go into this show and they do an ancestry blood test on them and they do the big reveal. And I'm always waiting for it because it's funny to see their reaction, especially when they were saying how pure they were. And now they're part African and they're part this and they're part that and they're Asian and they don't even know how that happened. And I love to watch that. We are pure. We really are. We're purely divine and we should treat each other that way as well. I have something for you. I spoke with a priest who was adamant that I tell him where I was born. He proudly told me that he was a Lukumi priest and he was adamant that I tell him. This was over the phone. I remember responding, what does that have to do with anything? And I remember that he raised his voice trying to intimidate. And he said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. It is important because the white people come in and they blah, 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 blah. At that point, that's all I heard. Blah, 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 blah. I remember thinking to myself, this person is spreading poison and doesn't even know it. Story time. You know, I love stories. Here you go. When I was in my early 20s, I really started to dig deep to find out about these traditions. I was told what most people are told. You have to get a boveda. You have to work with your eggguns. You have to strengthen your cuadro espiritual, your spiritual guides. Well, what did I do? I went to the best source that I could find and began to ask questions, my mother and my aunt. And I asked, 
can you tell me about my ancestors? So my mother, bless her heart, said, well, you have Spanish blood from Spain. She said this with pride and I cringed and I said, I'm sure that it came from a rape somewhere. And she looked at me like, you know, the, the look that moms give you when they're about to slap you because you said something wrong. Well, I got that look. So I kept really quiet and she continued to speak on how true Venezuelans we are and the Spanish. And that's why, you know, we have such beautiful skin color. And my grandmother, she had these emerald green eyes, which is true. They were very pretty. And my grandfather had blue eyes and blah, 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 blah. And then she continued to talk about the Spanish roots and how proud we are, blah, blah, blah. So I left it alone. Months later, I tried. And this time I struck gold. I, I was so thrilled because I think the stars and the planets and everybody was aligned And I asked my mom again, mom, can you tell me about my great, 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 or some other great, great, great grandparents? I just want to know who they are. And really, I think the stars were truly aligned because she began. She told me about great grandmother and everybody on her side. And then I asked, what about dad? My father is much darker than me, but his hair is fine, fine, fine. He's very Latino looking. Wanted to mention that it will be important. Okay, let's move on. So she told me about my great grandmother on his side and she started to whisper. She was a very dark lady. She was as dark as night. And she went on in that whisper, you know, the kind of whisper when somebody's talking about someone, well, that one, let's keep going. So she told me that she was a known woman to work with the spirits. I was like, in my head, I was like, score, I didn't even breathe. I wanted her to continue. She said that folks would come to see her for consultations on all kinds of things, from simple health issues to bigger issues. And she told me that she was known to communicate with the spirits. She says a particular story that stuck out that she would tell people, do not go into this river. There was a river that she could walk to, but there was a certain area that she told people, Do not come here at night. The spirits like to bathe here and they like to be here at night. So whatever you do, don't come. People knew not to come to that little area. Well, she told me the story that there was this drunk and, you know, drinking people and those lovely lushes who just don't listen. And he decided that he was going to go to the river and see the spirits take a bath because, you know, he thought that they were going to be pretty naked women. Who knows? So he goes to the river and (laughs) he's drunk. And all of a sudden he peeks out from wherever he was hiding and a rock just went 
dunk, dunk them on his head. He's like, what is going on? And another one, dunk, dunk, dunk. But there was nobody there. So when you looked up, there was no human being there. And the story goes that there were so many rocks that were flying out from the riverbank. It was just, dunk, dunk, dunk. It was just, let me tell you, I think that he became sober in like 30 seconds because he was able to run back and scream and say, somebody was throwing rocks. They were throwing rocks at me. They were throwing rocks at me. And it was the spirits. And people thought, well, he's drunk. He's crazy. But they were the marks all over his head, his back, because as he was running, the rocks are still coming. And it was known. She does communicate with the spirits. You better not go to that side of the river. So she told me the story and I, I can imagine my face because I can be very expressive. I was at awe. And then she continued and she said that her parents came on boats as slaves from Africa, but that's all she knows. I was like, oh my God, score, score, score. The slaves, she told me, were not allowed to talk in their own tongue. They had to learn Spanish. And they were not allowed to tell anyone from what part of Africa they were, like, they were coming from. And my mind, I, I remember I was like, really? You're not looking like the Indians from here. How can you not say where you're from? But she said, those are the rules and that's it. Honestly, I didn't want to interrupt her because this was really good. She told me that it was taboo to say that you were from Africa. You could be darker than black paper, but you couldn't say that you were from there. So you had to say that you were from, you know, whatever town you were from, and that's it. And she told me because you basically wanted your children to have a chance, just to have a chance to have a more merciful master or life, you would teach your children to speak Spanish and you would never tell them. So I think that things slipped by and things were mentioned and I'm kind of glad that they, that they were. She also told me that you could say, that you have Spanish blood because that was okay, but never African. So African equals bad, European equals good. And that is how the world was there. My mom told me, you know, that that is why your dad found someone like me. Because my mom, although she is a Latina, she looks white. She looks like those Italian ladies. She really does. And she told me because we had to acomodar la raza. That means to fix the race, to make sure that the children are not too dark. That's what that means. You know, my heart broke with that, but I got excited at the same time. My heart broke because in my research, I found out that half of my ancestors were annihilated by the Spanish. But somewhere in there, I have their blood. And I also have blood of African descent from somewhere we don't know from where in Africa. 
And I got excited because now I knew why I had this pull that was so strong to the traditions. It's like when you put a shoe and it fits and it's like fits like you're walking on clouds, like it really fits you. This is how I felt when this part was revealed. So that leaves what? That leaves the trouble with color. You got a white person with blue eyes and you tell them you cannot be part of this because of their blue eyes and because they're white. So one, you do not know what is in their hearts and we can't deny them based on what is there on their skin. You cannot, well, you can, but you really should not blame them for what their crazy ancestors did. I mean, look at me. Should I be punished for slaving my own people? I mean, I am part Spanish, part Venezuelan native Indian and African. So which part should I be punished for? So what of the argument? Well, this is not for whites. I got something for you that I found out. When I found this out, my jaw hit the floor. Well, here it goes. We all know that these traditions come from Nigeria, right? You're nodding, yes. Now, what if I told you that many sacred groves in Nigeria exist, which are important to our faith? They exist right now because of one white woman. What if I told you that? Let me tell you a story about a woman. She was an artist who fell in love with all things Yoruba. An artist, a woman, who fell in love with the culture, the people, and the traditions. A woman from Austria. Whiter than white, there cannot be. She created artwork murals, and other arts. She wrote books in English and in Yoruba for children, and she raised so much awareness that she brought to life the Oshun Festival. This, we know, you probably have heard of it by now. It is ginormous. I know it's not a word, but it is really a big deal. Her work, her first work was to restore Obaluaye's shrine. She went on to restore other temples and raised money because the Yoruba didn't have the money and didn't have the resources and they were going to let that crumble. Did you know that this woman did her special work still lives in the Oshun Grove today? I've seen it when other people get initiated and they share their pictures. That's her work. That's her work there. And because of her work, and she got another professor who took her there initially, they worked together. They're both white, by the way. They worked together to make these sacred groves a protected place by UNESCO. The Yoruba people didn't have the resources. They were letting their temples crumble. They just didn't have it. I understand that Nigeria is a fairly new country and 
political issues were going on and money and poverty, but she came in and she had to do something. For all of you Oshun priests and people who love Oshun, can you imagine? No grove, no Oshun festival. She made it possible for that place to stand as it is today and to be protected from somebody who now is going to make a, I don't know, a mall. They cannot touch that place. And she came in through the highest Odum, this white Fun Fun person from Austria came in to build things, to lift the Yoruba people and groves as well. Through this white Fun Fun woman, she founded an artist group where many renowned artists have come from. From Austria came a woman whiter than paper, not born there, to lift the people who live there to become a priestess, to give them help and resources so that they can restore and lift themselves. Her story, her name was Suzanne Wenger. And I will include in the show notes a video that comes in Yoruba, so get your reading glasses on because all of the little words in English will be down below, and another link on information about her. How can we know what is in someone's heart? How do we know if this person who is not black but is purple will come to change our spiritual world for the good? The reason why I bring up Susan Wenger is because I didn't see a Latino person from anywhere come there to rebuild those shrines. I didn't see an African-American. I didn't see a black person. I, I didn't see that. I didn't hear that. It was a white woman who came to rebuild so that now we still have that strong connection to the ancient groves. So I thought long, long and hard on what to name this episode, and I couldn't shake the title, The Trouble with Color, because the trouble is that it is easy to see just the color in front of us. It is. It is easy, but not what is underneath. It is easy to judge by what that color has meant to us in the past but not to see what is underneath what's in front of us right now. It is easy to see a color in front of us and remember how angry we are and place your anger right there on that color and that race and not see underneath that skin color that is right in front of us right now. It is easy to say, this is for me and not for you when you see a different color in front of you, but still you cannot see what is underneath. There are bad people in all colors of the spectrum. The challenge is figuring out what is underneath. There are people in our traditions that are very, very melanated and doing very, very bad things. So the trouble with color is that we see something right in front of us, 
but we don't know what's underneath. We don't know what's in their hearts. My thoughts? Who are we to judge? When we wake up every day, Orisha gives us a chance to live and to be our potential, to go to our destinies. Orisha doesn't say, hey, you can only like Native American Indians. Everybody else, that's it. Or you can only like Blacks. Or you can only like Latinos. Now, not any regular Latinos. It has to be the dark Latinos from Cuba. Or, nope, you can only like Mexicans. It doesn't say that. Ifa says we all come from one. We have reached the end of this episode number seven of the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. And I am so grateful that you hung out with me for a while to chat and to discuss this awesome topic. For show notes to this episode, please go to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash session seven. I will have notes, the resources, especially that video that I mentioned earlier and the work of Susan Wenger, but I really like that video. It's 27 minutes, but I think it's so worth it. Thanks again. And until next time, may Bogbo Egun and Bogbo Orisha bless you immensely. Odabo! Thank you for listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at orishawisdom.com forward slash podcast. Can't get enough of Orisha Wisdom? Check us out at orishawisdom.com and subscribe to our community. Remember, the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha is all around us. Be blessed, and until next time.